This is Two Shy Guys a Mile High, and we're going to run it light through. Testing, testing, testing. What's real? It's P. Will. Jerry Chronicles, Will. It's your boy Al Digger, the architect. Hello. This is just for the mic check. Mic check. <laughs> it's Big Papa, the showstopper. <laughs> Jesus, we bow in the sufficiency of Christ. Trusting and knowing you do all things well. We lift up. Um, what's, what's your dad's name? Rob Wilson. Rob Wilson, Lord God. We lift up Brother Wilson. You're a manservant, Lord God. We thank you for healing power and, and, and restorative grace, Lord God. We thank you for this platform, Lord God. You be the guest of honor. You grant us wisdom in our words and our fellowship. And Lord, may it uh, reach someone and uh, strengthen someone in their walk and inspire someone in their labor. We ask this in all other blessings. In your name we pray, amen. 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 So uh, that was a great opening. You know, we're doing something different because we record in a different location. Normally, we're in the lair. We're downstairs in the basement, but we have a special guest today who's trying to get us to the upper room, so we had to record upstairs. You okay. feel me? So y'all would take me out the back cave. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. There must be something down there Redman's supposed to see. So Let the people out. If I don't introduce him now, he's just going to be talking. You don't know who he is. It's somebody who's very uh, special in my 
life, um, my physical life, as well as my spiritual life. He's the pastor that married me and my wife. Mm. He's a frat brother, a man of the cloth, a man who walks it like he talks it, and is just a great steward and servant of God's word. Um, this is Pastor Reverend Terrence Proctor. Good afternoon. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, how Welcome you doing? Welcome to the platform. Welcome to it. We appreciate you coming. And Good to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're going to start this off as always. This is Two Shy Guys of Mile High. You in the place to be with your boy, your player partner, P-Wheel, a.k.a. Drip Chronicles. It's your boy, WB. Come fly with me. But you can't fly for free. It's your boy, Al Digger. The architect. Let's build together. And, and starting it off, I mean, we, we're just trying to build on what Mr. Proctor has the Proctor has brought to us, just that energy, man. And, you know, just from, you know, maybe your story, you know. Yeah. And we always start the, uh, start the podcast off when we have a special guest. Uh, we just want to know your background, your story, where you're from, and just okay. how you got to be yourself. And, you know, saying how you got connected with, you know, WB, come fly with me. And just, you know, let, let the listeners and the audience hear something about yourself. So we welcome you to the podcast. And please take it away, sir. All right. My story, boring. So I'm interested, I'm grateful to be on the platform, be here with you all. Um, I'm a Seattle native, born and raised. I've been around the world, lived all throughout the country in South California, uh, East Coast. But Seattle is where I was born, it's where I was raised, it's where we are now, there's no place like Seattle. So I grew up here, from here. I represent the crib even when I'm at the crib. Two of six is in the building. Uh, Franklin High native, uh, Washington Husky, diehard Husky. Okay. Certified supersonic fan. Mm -hmm. Certified right. super certified superstar gangster gamma eight. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? I represent that five new pie, cap yeah. outside till I die, gangster gamma eight. We put the G in it. You heard it? Yo, baby. <laughs> Please ask about it, get ready to die by it. That's how we do it mm. when we do it. Now, I'm using all my powers for good now. <laughs> it was a tag. It When Luke walked with the dark side, we wrapped it well. So, yeah, I'm a proud member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, Seattle Alumni Chapter, I was made as an undergrad in Gamma I went to the University of Washington, I BA Political Science, postgraduate. Uh, Oxford University, jolly old England, mm. uh, certified in uh, homiletics, hermeneutic, Christian leadership and education. So that's what we do. Uh, my story is, I don't know, I'll answer the question. My story is myriad. I was born third child, the youngest, uh, great father, great mother, great stepfather, uh, been growing up in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, we had a wonderful opportunity. I grew up in Seattle. Seattle in the 70s was different than the rest of the country, but it had its own issues. But I grew up around black, whites, haves, have not. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that afforded me a subtle nuance, a different lens in which we saw the world. I grew up in the 70s, grew up around hippies of all colors, all shapes. <laughs> um, Question about that. So, like, saying growing up in the 70s, so what is your biggest, what do you see in terms of the change between growing up in the 70s and still being in the city here. So what would you say the biggest change is in seeing growing up in the 70s and then you see folks growing up here? Because I know you talk to a bunch of people from all different generations. Yeah. So uh, that, that's, he said, what's my biggest change? Uh, biggest is relative compared to what? 
uh, I would say there's several layers of that that stand out for me. Okay. Mm. As a middle-aged man, Christian, uh, educate professional. So that affects things that are important to you. Mm. As a 30-year educator, as a, you know, there, it's all, there's layers from business to social economics to moral compass. I think seeing the impact of change and the variables. I mean, so I can't answer, like if you if you narrowed it down, like one of the biggest difference, being born in the 60s, raised in the 70s, flexed in the 80s, <laughs> um, shaping in the 90s, and then building legacy in the 20s. Mm -hmm. I notice there's a different vibe, right? Mm -hmm. The sexual social revolution of the 60s showed up in hippie liberation of the 70s which went far away from the moral compass of the 50s. Mm. So by the time you get to the, I'm from the city, the dope game and the Reaganomics, uh, upperly mobile, get, it, get all you can while you can and can all you get, then sit on the can, upperly mobile, whether in the streets or Wall Street, there was a profit, greed mentality. Mm. I think the byproduct was the sexual social revolution move the people secularly so far from a quote-unquote unified moral compass that now we're experiencing the byproduct of it. Mm -hmm. Not that profit or capitalism is the evil. Not that secular evolution is the evil. I'm saying I was born in the 60s. In the 60s, whether you were Christian, Muslim, Jew, whatever, you knew you had a moral compass set by your family. Mm -hmm. Sexual, so, social revolution. In the 70s, my parents in the 70s, free love and all, they went away from what their parents were teaching them. Mm -hmm. Which means my generation came up distant from our grandparents' faith. Mm -hmm. And then we raised people that didn't even have it. Mm -hmm. Now we are where we are. Now, we can identify and uh, itemize and point at things that we don't think is right. I don't think that's, that's the issue. I think we're so far from a universal understanding of what is right. Mm, fair. Yep. And that shows up in the marketplace. That shows up in the halls of academia. That shows up in the halls of faith. The halls of justice. Or just us. It shows up in this newfound platform where everybody has a voice, hmm. but so many, so few have something worth saying. So Yo, now you're starting this, and then you see the backlash of that, yeah. right? Yeah. So some of it is good because it exposes some hypocrisy that has been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. it, it exposes some, some, I don't want to say demons, but some serpents that have been slithering for a while. Hmm. It also exposes some naivete, it exposes some, some growing edges we all have. Now my question is, I'm excited, I don't say that as discouraged, grown old man, get off my lot. I say it as, <laughs> I'm excited to see what the next move is of mm -hmm. how we handle this. Because mm -hmm. what I, the reason I'm optimistic is, because now I think the variables of what your open-ended question was, have been exposed and they can't be ignored. Yes, sir. So yeah. I want to yes, see sir. what we're going to do yes, with sir. it. Yes, you sir. can't ignore it now. Right, right. Right? right. Yeah. No, I swear. Like when the young lady told LeBron, shut up and dribble. 
<laughs> you know what she meant. Mm. But here it is. The athletes have more voice than they've ever had before. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want him to shut up and dribble because he's a ball player, but lady, you've been a talking head on the media, but you haven't said anything in 10 years. Mm. What are we finna do? <laughs> what are we finna do? Yeah. So that's real so, tough. So this whole movement that exploded in the summer, the action, the athletes actually have led change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question is, all these guys who are professional movers ain't move nothing. So instead of telling him to shut up and dribble, you need to speak up and serve. Mm-hmm. You was going to say something then, Will. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, it seems as though we talked about seeds being sown from both sides, the good and the bad. Yeah. The seeds from um, being distanced from grandmother, grandfather, yeah. and the faith shows up later on in future generations. And at the same time, the seeds that the athletes planned, planted and what they were doing over time to help affect positive change as well. Too. No question. No question. I receive that. And I also know that you got to be careful when you pull those seeds up because mm-hmm. the seeds and the weeds grow together. Mm-hmm. The scripture said you've been to pull one and choke the other. What were you going to say, Alex? Uh, um, Al. Al. No, no, that's all good. Alex. Alejandro. Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to ask just because we teach a lot of, a lot of young leaders, right? Yeah. Like, they have a first generation now kind of coming up. Yeah. And... And they they go a different path than what their you know their parents yeah. or their mother sees. How do you how do you talk to them about the keeping the faith and the mindset there? Because it's tough to see you going in the right direction and your parents are trying to do the best they can, but they can't relate really to your to your struggle in that sense. Like, how do you talk to young leaders and ask them, and kind of guide them there as to you like kind of loving somebody on their own level, right? Because we're yeah. all we all trying to grow and we're all trying to learn from these different sources and you know parent. Trying, trying to do the best they can with their knowledge, they might not be as equipped to to lead them once they once their child gets to a certain level. Got right? it. Does, does that make that make sense? Yeah, I think I think I got it. So when you ask me, what do I do? Are you talking about me personally or professionally or? Yeah, like what are you talking to, to the, young, the, the young leaders that, that are going through that? They might be first generation. You know what I'm saying? Entrepreneur, first generation yeah, person yeah, to go yeah. to college. Uh, you know, and they and they're dealing with. Some of the some of the the nuanced micro inequities yeah. that their parents yeah, yeah, weren't yeah, able yeah. to teach them about, right? You know, kind of that emotional intelligence piece. Like, how do you talk to the young leaders about just keeping that faith, even though their parents might not be able to advise right. them so in that area? When I when I'm doing one on one or mentor or walking or just trying to clap for this brother or this sister whom you describe, do more listening to see what the hurdles are. But I try to just breathe life and continue to breathe life into them. I know that sounds simple, but you'll be surprised that when you're the first in your family and you expect to be affirmed by those who didn't succeed, Mm -hmm. your success often rubs them a weird way. Mm -hmm. Uh, For many people who are first generation college students, per se, they go off to school, by the second year, they experience this phenomenon where I come. You come home, your friends who didn't go or your family who didn't go, say you acting funny. Mm-hmm. You know, when to that college, you come home acting funny. I remember going through what I watched other people go through, but what I realized is no, by the time your second year goes, you come home and they start acting funny because mm-hmm. you've been gone. You know, when you progress, 
it reminds some people that they haven't moved. Now, if you're not careful, they'll put that blame on you. But the, the hard part is, often to you. That's where that hurts that individual, whether he or she is 17, 27, 47, and they're the first to launch out and launch a business that's successful while they're two generations on public aid, mm. or the first one to go to college, or the first one to do whatever. So for me individually, I start looking where, the, where that wound is and try to put salve. And I remember graduating from high school or college thinking it's a big deal, but having to temper my excitement because yeah. apparently nobody else thought it was a big deal, so yeah. maybe I'm tripping. Right. When in fact, here I am at 56, like, damn, that was a big deal, yeah. and I should have beat my chest and said, whoop, 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 because I came through the 80s. And I, I crossed cap at 85. At 85, the median life expectancy for any city black man was 25, bro. Yeah. You're already beating the odds. And wait. While working against, because I sold dope and, and did all that stuff. Mm -hmm. wow. Right? So, and then I go to my graduation, nobody makes a big deal. Hmm. And, yeah. and then I start, yeah, yeah, I feel like, yeah, yeah. maybe like, I'm tripping. Maybe yeah. I'm tripping. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. You yeah. right. You right. Yeah. Bro, no. And then I also, we call it EGR in my place, extra grace required. <laughs> I like that. I also know that some folk don't know how. Because if you ain't been in the position before, then you wouldn't know how to, to celebrate to, the, the, the to means of your success. yourself, yeah, yeah. So now yeah. when you ask me, I try to give what was missing. Yep. No, that's fair. That's, so that's exactly right. Yeah. If, if the young man or young lady didn't get nobody to say that that was a big deal, i make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Sincerely. Because you need that, bro. That's a gift. That's a gift there. Yep. If did nobody clap for you, we're going to make a big deal. I, I, that's why we started the scholarship. Because your mom and them didn't even know how to apply for it. We that's that's I've seen a lot of that too. We're like, going to show into it. Mm -hmm. But that's what it's about. So, And that's why, you know, we're definitely appreciative. Because, like, just understanding your story more and then how you relate that to the work that you're doing, that you've been called to do, right? It's like, how do you... I've been blessed, but yeah. I, I, I'm going to make it simple. I was no genius. God has done some genius stuff. I'm going to tell you the cheat sheet. We in the mile high? I don't know nobody over there. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Damon Barry. Yo. Yo Bobo's, Bobo's Aurora, I think he's in Aurora. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think wherever the money is, that's where he is. <laughs> where the money resides. Where the money is at. <laughs> um, Jay Barry, my new new. I see you, yo. Neil Fight, you still. Um, the genius was the simplicity. When I went through, as I went through, all, and don't fool yourself. My life ain't been no crystal stairs like you would say. I approach it with, what did I need when I was there? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if I didn't get it. Because if, if God has blessed me to be, live this long, get to this place, and I ain't nobody, I'm just a servant. Um, what did I need when I was, how long y'all been married? It'll be a year in, in August, man. A year yeah. married. Yeah. That first year of marriage was the longest three years of my life. Because <laughs> you sharp. Your wife is sharp. That sounds like a match made in heaven. People have no idea. That's a volatile mix. 
You're driven. She's driven. Who's driving? Class of the Titans, boy. <laughs> she don't say nothing. She's listening. Yeah. Just smile. Don't say nothing. Just say don't say. I'm talking. Because I, I can't come fix what you screw up. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is, so when I was a year married to the phenomenal woman, my idea of what marriage was, she had an idea of what marriage was, but we never talked about that. Next thing you know, we married. Hmm. <laughs> really. So no matter what, I just try to give what I needed when I was, so it, it's from an empathetic, conscious yeah. And if God has allowed me to be connected or resourced to help, so it's not that's not super genius. It was that, but that got to be so hard though. I mean, I know we talked about it, P Dub, especially coming from Chicago, man. Like, like that's hard to really to 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 switch that gear and be a, a lot more empathetic. You know, to, to stretch that empathy muscle because yeah. you know. You out there, you you might not make it back to the crib. You might not make it back. And so you can't just be empathetic to hi guys. How's it yeah, going? Yeah, yeah. No. You know, and that, and I, I said, so the, the empathy part wasn't hard for me. That was, I'm a Christian. That yeah. was a transformation because I wouldn't always this do. Yes, sir. Right. I, I will I will give you this. Clearly that was always in me, but I wasn't operating in that. Mm. Okay. I was a hustler. Man, he got Stripes on him in the streets like he Burberry. He he's good. Stars and bars. Stars and bars. I never got stripes. I got stars and bars. I'm a full boy bird colonel. And I don't say that bragging. I'm saying that. But I'm from Seattle. So if I was in Boulder, if I was in Chicago, they'd be like, who's this clown? But I'm from Seattle. So I have a little cachet because I, and it ain't all been good. Like there's cats that know when I was way out there. Strung out and all that. But even that, at my worst, it speaks to this transformation. Yes, sir. Right. So, it is, and that hasn't all been roses. Right. But with that, I forgot where we were. We were empathy. Yeah. About how, how so, we, so yeah. no, I would, case in point, I wasn't sure we were going to have some food for us. So we went got something to eat. I told my wife. So, we're sitting there throwing some noodles down our face. And it's the chick with her three kids and a side. Um, I got three kids, lost my job, need money for rent. But we're in the restaurant. Now, I had to check myself because I wasn't feeling it. I felt she hustled. Everything about it says she hustled. But I'm checking myself because I ain't trying to judge. Hmm. Now, as one who always reads the rule, clearly she had just came from church. And if that's your bride, that's your bride. She didn't know that I noticed her wedding ring. So if you're out here with three kids, she's younger than everybody in this room, and there's another young adult lady, but we all over that. Now, if times is hard and we begging, then we all need to be out here begging. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> we all need to be out here working. So no, I'm not saying I'm not an empathetic Christian, but I'm not naive. I'm not. <laughs> You got tools and stuff man. out. So come on, man. Low key. Got that that's, that's real. Cause come you make on. it sound like yeah. he a pimp. He's like, hey, I ain't going nah. out there. You better nah. go run it. Nah, but that's but that's but been right. something that you you <laughs> had to that's my thing. So exposure. I, I don't so feel guilty. Didn't give her a nickel. <laughs> and as a black man, I'm looking at her. She don't look like me. <laughs> so I'm like, you can go get it. You matter of fact, you can come in here and work here. Hmm. The line is heck long, so they need some help. <laughs> But I didn't even go there. My point is, the empathy is not the hard part. I actually, at 56, can trust 
my my barometer, my gauge, my antenna. Mm -hmm. Is it always right? No, but I, I think I'm 86%. <laughs> hey, but the hard, I agree with you. The hard part is not the empathy. It's the hard part for me is as you pour out, make sure you fill up. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. Not the empathy. Not the compassion. Not even the wisdom to know what to do. I have enough wisdom to know that I don't have enough wisdom. Mm -hmm. So I meditate, pray, and, and I... I try to surround myself with smarter people. Mm -hmm. Hello, wisdom. <laughs> but the hard part, it's not what you think it is. It's if I pour out this tea, no matter how important and how worthy the pour out is, the cup is empty. Mm -hmm. And you look up, you got a one year of marriage. You can't keep coming home with empty cups. Y'all, what, three, four, five years in? Man, we trying to make it. Day by day, we have the grace of God. But Come on. Uh, it's a he sounds like marriage and recovery. <laughs> you know my name is Will. I'm married. Honestly, just for um, today. I treat it like that because of... It, you should. That's how you can do it. Yeah, it makes my mind wake up like I'm going to work for my marriage. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, mm -hmm. there's no days off. Yeah. Like, I, I have to do what I got to do to show up as my best yeah. self to Come work. On. You know what That's I'm saying? Right. To work and, and make sure I work for this marriage because otherwise absolutely. it will die out. Absolutely. You just can't treat it like something like, oh, he's married now. I'm good. Right, absolutely. Nah, it don't yeah, work no like autopilot that. autopilot on that <laughs> No, one, you autopilot will have you... Take this, take this, take this. Autopilot would have you on the Tinder profile. Yeah, they go, you knew that. that yeah. <laughs> uh, no judgment zone. But my point is, the most difficult part for me is I've, I count it an honor to pour out, but it's a discipline to be filled up. Because mm. mm. you're not careful. The work of your purpose will leave you exhausted. Mm. That's real, yes, sir. That's the hard part. And there is where I have to shape in place and reinforce boundaries in my life. Yeah. I think I have a quick question. Come for on. You. So in terms of transformation, you talked about your journey and where you have come from a little bit. Yeah. How do you deal with the standpoint of you're a new person? Yeah. You're a changed man. You're walking in the light yeah. of God. You're walking in his purpose. Hallelujah. But the enemy attacks and says that you're not, you're hustling. You're old T-Hop. You're uh, not Pastor uh, Proctor. You're, you, you know what I'm saying? Um. Here, here's, okay, great question. I don't get it like that anymore because mm -hmm. I've been doing it too long. Right. I did get it like that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to uh, keep me on point. Three <laughs> different ways. When I first got clean and sober, getting clean and sober is the easy part. Living clean and sober was the difficult part. Now, as an ex-hustler, I got connections in the game. Problem is, there ain't really an exit plan for the game. <laughs> so whenever you get out the game, you you probably owe somebody, somebody owe you. So when I got out of the game, it wasn't no Nino Brown stuff. I got out of the game and had to go to rehab a couple of times. Problem is, I still had some open accounts. But when I got saved, started walking in my new life. I mean, Y'all may not know what that means, but I'm walking new. But I'm new to new. I pray, you know, I'm going to do my thing, do my thing, you know, whatever. And if cats want to get it on, you know, I ain't, I ain't scared of no fight, you know what I'm saying? But I don't want to live like that. Holy hands. No they question. Work. Gifted in laying on the hands. <laughs> uh, but I was walking in new life, so I had to handle old problems in a new way that I was unfamiliar with. So I prayed, but prayer doesn't mean you're punking out. Prayer means I need divine wisdom to recalibrate, okay, what is the 
compass I'm going to go in. Here's, here's the beautiful thing. It was harder for me to see the new me and walk in it than it was for the streets. Mm. And I didn't realize that till one day, one of the accounts, the last account that was open, I mean, meaning, let's not, we real talk, you owe some people some drug money, but you were out of the drug game. That man still want his money, but I ain't doing that. Bro came up to me, I was like, oh, jeez, I'm finna have to. And he cool people, and I don't wanna have to shoot this dude. I don't, I'm definitely not gonna wrestle with him. You know, when he came up to me, he said, man, I hear you doing your thing. I just came out the church, I was on the side, and he was just going up there, we in the hood. He going up to him, turn, bit that car, like, oh, here we go. That mm -hmm. man said, I hear you doing your thing, man. You look good, you sound good. He said, you keep doing your thing. And remember that thing? Forget about that. Mm -hmm. that I don't know where y'all from, but that's God. That's God. That is not how this goes. So yeah. now, wow. that freed me. Not so freed me. I had to go check me. So you mean the whole hood see you different and you still struggling to see you different. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when people start to try to treat you like your old self, I heard somebody, I think one of the frat brothers posted it. He said, that's like sending mail to my old house. I don't live there no more. I don't even see that. Wow. So whatever you sent to my old address, that's you got bad information. <laughs> Return to sender. I like it. And I'm not the one that's going to stab it. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of junk mail piled up in my old person mailbox. I ain't going to check it. I've been in new me so long mm -hmm. that whatever goes to the old house, pass that. There you go. That's and that's whatever key. bill is, is, is long key. since paid. That's key. That's tough to do. Does that answer that's your question? Yeah, answer my question for sure. So I've been doing this long enough that it doesn't show up as people trying to relate to me. Now I'll give you this: there are people so detached or so wounded by hustling clerics that they approach you with those wounds. I mean, they, they don't trust what we do at the Children's Foundation right. because they think, well, what is they doing with the money? What's the church doing with the money? Right, right. But that ain't my issue. I ain't got time for that. Mm -hmm. What do we serve over 586 families just in the pandemic? <laughs> Shout out. That's so hard to do, man. I mean, because you... Like you said, you get you get so stuck in like, am I am I am I tripping? Everybody else is kind of seeing me this way, yeah. but I don't I don't you don't forgive yourself for I'll, the I'll, past. I'll, but so that part is good. I just deal with it. Now. I see it now. You have people who come to your church who got church issues with preachers, deacons, you know, money, this, that, and the other. Bro, we we're doing too much heavy lifting hmm. for me to be thwarted by that. Stick around here long enough, you'll see how we grind. Yep. And if you don't. The door don't lock from the inside. <laughs> but when you're used to preachers who are hustling and trying to get the buck, whatever, that that affects how you see all preachers. Well, mm -hmm. that's not my problem. I live authentically, and I'm too broke. <laughs> right? I ain't got, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Listen, I done gave away more than I can keep, right? So, but it, that part of your question is still real. And vibrant now, but I think that has more to do with stay with me how we open this conversation with folk tend to pigeonhole a stereotype all people in this position 
by the definition of the worst people who's ever done this. Mm-hmm. What uh, unless you're a white person in America. No, they do it too. You don't think they view differently from like a privileged perspective? I think it's two different. Two, oh, I'm talking about preachers. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about preachers. Mm-hmm. Right? So people have preacher hangouts. Yeah. And white people have preachers, especially in the Northwest. Because remember, we're out here. So when we open that conversation of your grandparents' faith, or whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, or whatever, remember, culturally, the further south and east you go, that's a part of your social norm, whether it's authentic or spiritual relationship. Out here, that ain't the norm. You're a unicorn if you go to church. In the south, on the east coast, you're a unicorn if you don't. Right? Or you don't, oh, that's my church. You don't even know who the pastor is. Yeah, but your family been at that church. Let's shift gears. Now, what you said, now that's a whole nother talk. We go, we, 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 I'm here for it. I got my team. We're going to get there eventually. I'm here for it. We're going to get there eventually. So I, think, I hope I think, I answer your question. Yeah, you answered my question. I think Phil has some. Come on, Phil. Shout out. Hey, shout out. Fine. Yeah.